You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon and welcome to the show, Sid Talk. That was a long silence. <laughs> you're always trying to reveal the behind the scenes of the show, aren't you? Yeah, you're like, well, you're I'm like very a- transparent. Yeah, you like the... Um, I make a better window than I do a door. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say... Is it know. a secret that you do 100 billion seconds of silence before so that when you're starting it, you have some silence to do whatever witchcraft you do on the editing, right? Exactly. So it's not there's a secret. A t- it's not a secret. If you're a up-and-coming podcaster, always record some silence. There you go. It's useful. That is not the before the after the show discussion. It was kind of random and weird and all over the place. So this is this is what you get today. All right. So it is Saturday, August the 28th. I have to say sorry for last week for giving the after the show the wrong number. I said the wrong number. I just didn't well, I said the wrong number. Oh, I see. So this week I'm going to say the right number. This is after the show number 699. Hey, next week is the big show. Yeah, are you going to acknowledge it? Which you don't normally. I will. I'll say the number 700. Oh, that's a big deal. You're kind of a big deal. We're a movie review podcast and we review a movie every every week. I was going to say every Saturday and that is correct, but you don't listen to it on a Saturday. So the movie we're looking at this week is Stillwater. It's a 2021 movie. It's available to stream right now on all the streaming platforms. I believe it is 19.99 at this moment. Sid Talk, good value. Is it? It's I ra- disagree. I disagree. Don't get me started on the price of movies. It's rated R, and it's from our friends at Universal who let us watch a copy. Sid Talk, you give us the synopsis, and then I'll give you the real one. A father's daughter is in prison in France, and he goes to France and does what he can to help get her out of prison. Why is your synopsis always in a robotic fashion? It isn't always. <laughs> You're very, very hyper-focused on this one. No, it's it's a noise. All right, I'll give you the real one. A father travels from Oklahoma to France to help his estranged daughter who is in prison for a murder she claims she didn't commit. That is exactly what I said. Did you just read it? different words, but it's exactly (laughs) what I said. (laughs) So Stillwater, what did you think, said Talk? I liked it. It's like super high quality to me. I love the vibe and the look. The style, the directing, the editing, all that stuff. That's the film in general then. You that liked is. It. The story, as we'll get into later, you know, it's really compelling until we get to a certain point and then I'm like, mm, so what did you think? Well, I was completely unfamiliar with the story that it is not based on. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You can't, we are not supposed to reference that because right. here's the deal. There was a young woman named Amanda Knox. She was in Italy. Her roommate was murdered. She was accused, put in prison, later exonerated. It was a big deal in the press. This movie has a young woman, went to France, murdered her girlfriend, the, went to prison, she? but then says that she's innocent. And the father now is trying to find a guy who somebody else has claimed did the murder. And she's from the Midwest. And, you know, there's so many similarities, but so many differences. And like I said, if you can't say every movie about a 1930s gangster is about Al Capone, that isn't reasonable. But it'd be like if Al Capone came back to life and said, wah, 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 you made every movie about gangsters and they're all about me, right? But they're not. I like your Al Capone impression. (laughs) Well, if he came back to life, that's what he'd be like, all whiny-ass baby. 
Now, I did some research just before. I do research for this show. Research in quotation marks for modern day research. Research means just I was reading web pages. Exactly. So I was sat reading web pages about the real case, which I knew nothing about. And I understand the real case. And then I started to look at whether this movie is based on the real that real case. And I found an interview with the director mm. who said it obviously has similarities with that case. And he can't say that he did not, because he knew all about that case, take ideas from that. But he also took ideas from numerous true crime podcasts. And he based this story not only on this Knox story, but on a lot of different true crime stuff, including a man, apparently, who locked a witness up in a basement. Oh, wow. So there are various things, like a lot of films, you know, inspired by lots of ideas. And this movie doesn't ever claim to be like the Amanda Knox story, does it? It doesn't say this is based on a true story ever. Correct. You know, it doesn't bother me. Some people are saying it's controversial because it tells... Including the person, Amanda Knox. Right. Now she she the, says... None of this reflects on the movie, by the way. Like, none of it. It's no, irrelevant. It's just that... It's irrelevant to me because I didn't even know that story. So. Right. So, But just the idea is you watch this fictional movie and you're not to come to the conclusion that this is what happened in the Amanda Knox story. That's the only connection. Right. So that you can't be watching it going, oh, wow, that's what happened? Like, just you have to delete that part of your brain. So the question you asked me was, what did I think of it? Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I really thought it was a really well-acted, interesting story. You know, I really like fish-out-of-water stories, which is what this is. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a man from the Midwest of America. You know, he's a real, like, introverted, like, a internal kind of man, isn't he? Like, a, Seems like his, it. His feelings are kind of inside, and he, he's just got the man exterior, and he's very... doesn't really speak a lot. He's just... Well, in this story, or his daughter's mother, his wife had committed suicide apparently when she was a girl because the grandma helped to raise her. He was an alcoholic. He worked on oil rigs, construction, all that kind of stuff. And he was rough. He has like kind of a crazy tattoo. So you know he's had a wild life. Right. And now he's like pissed off really easy all of a sudden. If you notice, he has like no no patience. You said his fuse is very short. So he's he's rough around the edges. Yeah. That's kind of where he's coming from. And then he's in Marseille. You know, that's where he has to go to where his daughter is in prison. And then he's dealing with, you know, he doesn't speak French. He's dealing with the bureaucracy of trying to figure all this stuff out. Most of the people don't even speak English back to him. He's getting pissed off along the way. Then he meets this lady who kind of befriends him and helps him overcome the language barrier. And all that stuff, while it might sound tedious and mediocre, like it's just, it feels like a day-to-day life of somebody, the way it's filmed. And you feel like you're going on this, these trials and tribulations with him. It's just difficult. Like you can't, I was under the impression that the daughter didn't do anything wrong and she got involved in something, you know. Really? And I was under the impression that, you know, she needed to be got out of there and the father will do anything for her. And wow. I was along the way going along with the stuff. You're that, you're that guy. I'm the opposite of you. I think automatically, even subtract the Amanda Knox story, like, ugh, this girl is trouble. <laughs> like, just instantly. I don't even know why. So I, mean, I was she, on board. She seems kind of rough around the edges. Yeah. But then again, that, so does he. But I was on board thinking, okay. He's going to find out his daughter is a horrible murderer. That's what I thought the whole time. No, I didn't think that the whole time, but I did mention it to you. I did say, I wonder what happens if she did do this. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's just wasting his time, basically, because he's it shows on numerous occasions he's a man of God, I guess. 
Well, we don't know. I mean, he's been I mean, he's trying to be. He's, you know. I know you think that just praying makes a person that, but I mean, he's just praying because I don't know if he has, has things that he has any other, any other way of dealing with life, you know? Right. So the whole thing that I found interesting was this man from the Midwest, all of a sudden in Marseille, dealing with French authorities, etc., and trying to, you know, relationships with people he meets because he's so different to them and they're so different to him. Yeah. It's almost like, I don't know, there's one moment in it where her friend comes over, the acting guy, and they're almost making fun of him right in front of his face. Yeah, exactly. But in French, obviously. And he uh, he's not stupid. He knows what's, I think he knows what's going on. But they're kind of like, you know, big, look at this American. He's got a gun? Yeah. Like, and you know, everybody, well... Most people do, don't they? Like judge people and just from... Absolutely. So this is full of that really interesting, like little insights into that sort of thing. Somebody out of water, you know, fish out of water. And it's also the way it all comes together. It's very like quiet. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I like that. Yeah, it's just like following him. It's It doesn't have crazy shaky cam or like really like intense music trying to draw something out of you. It's just, no, today, today he's waking up. He's going to like deal with some man in an office and talk about some paperwork and then he's going to go and visit his daughter and it's all very like almost mundane to the point of you get to a point in the story where it takes a turn a little bit and I was like, oh, I think this turns maybe a bit too much for this story. Exactly. That's what I was saying. Absolutely. There's a point where you're like, oh, because we'll just do the spoiler then, right? At some point, there's word that some other guy has done the killing and he then takes it on to himself because the lawyer won't to find the guy, figure out where he is. I mean, this is a big city and there's a lot of people and then he kidnaps the guy, puts him in his really grotty basement, which she, what does she call it? The dungeon of the cave, the little girl. It was the most dingy basement you've ever seen. Yeah. And at that point I was like, oh, it's a bit wobbly, but if the research by the director tells him that normal people have done this, I guess. Well, I wouldn't plausible. call them normal people, but hey. <laughs> I mean, it's plausible, I suppose, that if you were trying to exonerate your daughter, you would do whatever it takes. But yeah, I so don't know. In I, this movie, it didn't seem to fit. But I did buy it from that angle. Like, yes, this guy's going to literally do anything for his daughter. But then I also was like, this is a bit outside of the law, what he's doing. And I don't think he would. Yeah, I don't think he would risk everything. He kidnaps and holds hostage a man in his basement. That's more than just a little bit illegal. A a man who might have done nothing. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like, oh, my God, well, if this guy didn't has nothing to do with it. And she's just a horrible human being who's trying to get off and leading him down the wrong path. You know, when this movie does take that kind of turn, it was kind of realistic feeling. And now it feels like a action movie kind of Mm -hmm. and then it's a bit suspenseful and you know that part doesn't really amount to much if you think of it in the whole scheme of the story true apart from some dna evidence which we're dealing with there's uh he cuts the hair from this guy and gives the dna evidence to an ex-policeman who gets the evidence in front of the right people yeah that's how she gets exonerated so i liked all that story but it did feel like it had this hard line in it there where it felt like it turned into something else for a few minutes yeah, it went you know, from an indie human study to a action thriller. wannabe. I think it would the story would have functioned fine without that. I know it did create a bit of suspense because I was kind of on the edge of my seat when the police came and they're interviewing the little girl. But I feel like the movie would have functioned fine without that. Yeah, and the way the movie was, if he had just taken the hair sample yep. and left it at that. 
I guess he didn't want him to disappear somewhere. I guess. You know, that was the idea. I'll I'm not saying I know how to kidnap a person, but... Or but his idea, he even said it, like, he's even telling the guy to hurry up with the DNA evidence because I'm in a, you know, I need to, basically, I need to let this guy go or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Right? Even this guy must have been feeling shitty about keeping a guy in a in a basement. I hope so. <laughs> tied up, you know, and just giving him some water every now and then and some food, I'm guessing. Looked like it. But it didn't look very good. No, letting him piss in the corner. I mean, it's, it's see, even talking about it makes it sound so far from a guy who goes and does paperwork and meets a French lady to translate for him and wants, you know, it's like, you're right, there's two different movies going on there. Yeah. But, but the quality doesn't change. It doesn't become intensely action-packed or anything like that. It's very subtle. He punches the guy, the guy's knocked out, the next thing you know... He's got him in the basement in a chair. There's no like big fight scenes except for when he gets beaten up by some dudes. I mean, it doesn't take a different tone like that ever. No, and the movie would have absolutely worked without all that action-y stuff. Mm -hmm. um, even if it was down to like he got the guy's hair from some private detective, like he got a private detective to get a clip of hair off this guy and then they did it that way, you know, non-violent, non-threatening. Yeah. And then he did the thing and then she got off. That would have also been perfectly fine and that would have been as that would have been less eventful. I felt like the people writing and directing and all that of this movie thought we need something exciting in this third part. Or we need to show that our dude who prays at every meal and he works hard and he seems just like a good old boy buttons up his shirt and tucks it in and, you know, he's got all the things that make him just look like a good solid citizen of any country, but just a solid guy, right? We need to show that he's effed up. Right. And this is part of why his relationship with his daughter is bad and why his life has been bad is that he's un he's easily unhinged and this is the most extreme like we're not going to have him kill the guy or try to break his daughter out of prison or anything like that but this is the most extreme way we can show you you know he's actually uh kind of kind of un, un um, unstable there's uh, you know there's funny moments in this movie there's some romantic moments it has everything a bit of everything right mm mhm it's crowning glory kind of thing is it i think it's exceptionally well acted from every single person nice like mm -hmm. it's all like super quality everybody in it the city of marseille it comes across really like you said oh that I place said, is actually kind of shitty yeah the places they were at looked like, ugh, like now i've been there and it don't is, be rude about marseille well i've been there and you know like it's all, i've been to paris too and you know when you're in the middle of paris all the parts that you see on tv and stuff Mm -hmm. they're all fine but then you just take one step over there to the down a side street and you're like wow <laughs> this place uh, kind of sucks and marseille is the same thing when you see it from the ferry when you're coming in you're like wow look at the white cliffs and look at the you know it looks cool and then when you get in a little bit and all the high-rise flats are there and everything you're like oh it's just like everywhere else yes that's what i'm gonna say it's like every other the city. ants have infested it the ants being us Right? Oh, listen to you, Mr. <laughs> Smith. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, isn't it? That's Yeah. There's many I mean, places. I mean, we built it, and also then we make it what it is. In the great words of Lily Allen, I'll always quote this line. Okay. When you look with your eyes, everything seems nice. But if you look twice, you'll see it's all lies. Ah, listen to you quoting Lily Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I really enjoyed this movie. I can't. You know, not being aware of the case at all, not even knowing the girl's name, I might have enjoyed it more than somebody who's kind mm. of stuck on that. Yeah. While they're watching it, going, this isn't what happened. 
Or like me, where I was like, okay, I've got to let go of this because I have no idea. And I don't remember anything like this ever being mentioned. So I just have to kind of like go with the flow on this one. So let's move on to the actors in this fine movie. Matthew Damon plays Bill. What did you think of Matt Damon? I feel like he's almost always, let me think, I haven't seen every movie. And has there ever been a time... Maybe he's been a bit too actorly, but in this one, I felt like he really, really, really was the guy. So that's I good. I read an interview with him. He spent six months before this movie changing the way his appearance was and working uh, on an oil rig with some dudes. Right, of To try and get the, like the, the body language and the feel of those guys. Right. So there's that. I think he did feel different the way he moved and the way, you know, he seemed really like stiff and like kind of injured in some way. I don't mean physically injured. I mean, like, you know, he was messed up, wasn't he, this guy? Yeah. Because he'd been through a lot of things. Even the daughter said when she's talking to the French lady about if you get up mixed up with my dad, he's not. Yeah, he's he's fucked up. We all are. (laughs) We all are. (laughs) You know, you can't get away from that. That's just what he is. So, and that's true. But I did really like Matt Damon's performance. It was really subdued. And I really bought that he was that guy. Totally. Which is what you want from an acting role. That's the idea. (laughs) Camille Cotton plays Virginie. She's the best thing in the whole movie for me. Nice. There was this one particular scene that really, like, got me. And she was in the street and some guy had been racist. Oh, yeah. And she was talking, well, she was kind of expressing herself quite loudly to Matt Damon, like, about, we don't want to talk to this guy, he's a racist, you know, because the guy was speaking in French and Matt Damon didn't really know what was going on. She's like, no, we don't want to speak. And he's like, oh, I know loads of people who are racist. He might have some information. Yeah, we still need to talk to him, like, get over it. Yeah, get over it. And she's like, and you could see the passion and the, you know? Absolutely. She got me with that one. I was like, (laughs) whoa, this, I said to you, what the hell? Who is this woman? She's amazing. And then I looked her up and, of course, she's in, she's from many, many, many years, been in many French productions drama stage tv movies she's fantastic i think she was the worth the price of admission (laughs) we've also got abigail breslin as allison she's the daughter in the prison now don't come to this movie for a movie about her because she's not in it a ton really no it's really the dad's story but we know abigail from zombieland right Mm -hmm. what did you think she was good she made me not like her i would say you said (laughs) oh i don't you said i don't think i like this allison and i'm like well she's doing it right then right because yeah you're supposed to be questioning whether or not you know are you do you trust her i didn't trust her so she did a good job and then we've got lilu savard as a little girl little girl maya oh she's so good really good the relationship between bill Played by Matt Damon and Maya was, I think it was like sweet. And it was also like he was trying to compensate for not having a daughter anymore. Absolutely. 100%. Like, I I remember these good times. I'm going to try and be a father again. I don't think he ever was. No. Uh, The way way they made it sound, he was never, ever in the picture. So he's kind of got this second chance with somebody else's kid. Exactly. Which I really thought it was, it was sweet in a way. There was little details like that he'd picked up a pastry for her every single day when he picks her up from school. Counts while she's brushing her teeth. Yeah. You know. There's all those little details where you're like, no, this guy really cares about this kid and he doesn't have to. It's nothing to do with him. True. It's, just, it's like his girlfriend's kid, but not a girlfriend at first. That not even thing. his girlfriend. Yeah. What I really liked about it was the first whole part. And we kept, I, I assume it's months Right. Months right. passed when he went over to visit the daughter. He was going to get her to do her laundry, take her some books. But then this whole thing. I think it said up. four months later or something. Right. But I don't know how long it was before they started being a couple. Oh, so right. That was kind of vague. But he 
meets this lady, then he's just living with them. And he even says it's like roommates. And what we see in the story, that is it. He lives there. She even has another dude come over one night and he's like, well, I drank a little too much. And she's like, yeah. And there was no, there's no hint of intimacy there at all. And then there it's a, comes a point when he decides he loves her and she's into it. And so I like that it, it didn't just immediately have him hooking up with her and then he's jealous or any of that bullshit. You no, know what I mean? Didn't have any of that. It was that thing about him again. He was very, like, he's very internal. And even mm -hmm. when she's like, are we going to make a go of this? And he's like, oh, what do you think of this? And he's kind of like, I think it's good. You know, he can not really express himself properly. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of very, like, I call it like fine detail in the script and in, you know, stuff that you see going on where you're like, yeah, I totally build up a picture of these people. And that's what you want, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that's the idea. So this is directed by Tom McCarthy. He directed, the, well, the Oscar winning movie Spotlight. Don't think we saw that one. Mm -mm. It's like a politics one, right? Not sure. He also directed the movie Win Win. Do you remember that one? It was like a wrestling movie. No, like an so. indie movie about a wrestler. And The Station Agent was his first movie, which That's a good one. Yeah, it's very, very good. Bobby Carnival and the guy from Game of Thrones. Why, why am I blanking on his name? <laughs> why do I know Bobby Carnival, but I don't know the guy from Game of Thrones? <laughs> I don't know. Tyrion Lannister is all I can think of. Tyrion Lannister, correct. That's it. It's a fantastic movie, The Station Agent. I don't feel like a lot of people saw it. It was a very small indie movie at the time. Miramax films when they used to exist but go back and watch that it's a cool movie it is really good imdb reviews what do you think what do i think of the reviews or what do i think it is what are you talking about well you know you're gonna read some reviews from imdb one star reviews dun 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 yeah is that good enough is that enough these are not we're not giving this movie one star we'll give you our no. stars later but this one is uh, these are people who give this movie one star so the first guy says Stay away from this movie unless you're having trouble sleeping. <laughs> Two hours and 17 minutes of pure boredom. That's it. That's unfortunate for that person. But here's what I have to say to you, random person. Why did you watch it all? Why? why exactly. If you start to get bored, think about this. You're using up the time of your life. Your life expectancy is whatever it is going to be. And now you're using up the two hours sitting there, arms crossed, furrowing your brow, probably with your phone in your hand going, well, I'm going to go on IMDb and write a, tell them how boring this is, but I'm going to watch it all. Is that a good use of the time of your life? I don't think so. So this second one says, so uh, this is exactly how it's wrote. Okay. So in one scene, there's these weird looking French women and she asks MD if he votes for Trump as if the people who did committed some sort of crime. Is that how that's written? Yeah, it says as if the people okay. who did committed some sort of crime. That's what we're saying about the prejudices that different people from different cultures have about each other. That's exactly what, not that it's a crime, but... Pointing out that if you're a European around the time of Trump, you might think, just based on flimsily on the information that you have, that people who vote for Trump are a very specific type of person. That's what they're trying to point out. And also at the same time point out that's not accurate because he says no. <laughs> like there's no indication other than their biases. And that's what it's trying to point out. So and, yeah, get over yourself. And finally, I can't find one that says this has wasted two hours and 17 oh. minutes of my life. But this one, and this is exactly how it's wrote. So don't, I'm not, you don't have to correct or me. Or written. Okay. It says, bad, bad, bad. Don't witch it. Very mm. stupid Moiv and big west of time. Okay. Big west of time. I love it. <laughs> and also very stupid Moiv. I love it. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> so that's that one. That's what those people think of it. Oh my gosh. We watched it on streaming, so there wasn't any extras. I did my own extras by going reading about the, that true story, which has nothing to do really with that. This <laughs> I did my own extras. Anyway, uh, scores. I'm actually going to give this movie a 7 out of 10. Nice. I'm going to give it 7.6. I think it's just a really solid. If you can completely subtract your brain from thinking that it's a real story, right? Yeah. And um, I did I subtract. That, yeah. I did subtract that it was somehow in my mind, it, I was thinking it was something about a true story. I probably read something or saw something. Yeah, because that's what you told me. And, and then, then I, I went, like, oh. and then I'm watching it. And then I'm like, and I, I know nothing about that case. You do. So it didn't mean anything because I didn't even know who did what or how it outcomed. How it outcomed. Yeah. <laughs> nice. How the outcome occurred. I didn't know that. So uh, that is Stillwater. Thank you to Universal. Thank you, Universal. Next week, we will review another movie. Hooray! (laughs) You're being weird. So movie recommendations, I am going off off this one. I'm going for The Station Agent, which I just already recommended to you. I'll recommend it again. And The Talented Mr. Ripley. Ah. Which is a movie that we saw on our wedding I was going to ask evening. you if you even remembered that. You yeah. do. A good performance from Matt Damon. You know, Also your friend. Your friend that you liked. He's no longer with us. Yes, that is true. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's a good movie, Townsend, Mr. Ripley. And also, it's very special to us. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but what was the game that we bought on the way home? The Sims. Because the original Sims came out that same week. So that's how long we've been married. 21 years. 21 years. We got married on an, I have, this is some bonus advice for y'all. If you listen every week, you know, I'll give you some really good advice. Here's a bonus bit. When you get married, if you get married or do any big event, do it on a year that has a zero. We got married in 2000. It's very easy. It's very easy to know if it's 2021. We don't even have to think about it. We've been married 21 years. It's perfect. It's perfect. So I love you. And oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. Jeez. Jeez. Give us your, um, you know, recommendations. My recommendations are all from the 80s. This year, I'm just going back to the 80s, and I think I'm still in 1982, possibly 1983. I don't know. I did not make a note about what year I'm in, but whatever. It's the 80s. And the two movies I've randomly picked with no... I'm not saying that they're high quality or that there isn't something wrong with them. I just watched them, and here they are. Last American Virgin. Probably a lot of things in there you wouldn't want a teenager to watch nowadays. Is it like Porky's? Yeah. Yeah. And one of your faves, Tron. Tron is fantastic. I have two Tron items on my desk right in front of me. You do? That's how much it means to me. It's one of my favorite movies. Very sentimental today because, you know, Mr. Ripley and The Sims and You Love Me and Tron. I have a Tron Funko Pop and a Tron Lego light cycle kit sat on my desk. You do? Because I'm a Tron fan. You've got to always represent Tron, you know? (laughs) Do you know? You do, yeah. (laughs) So I've been playing more Hades this week on the PlayStation 5. Is that I'm really, a question? I'm really enjoying Hades. It's from Supergiant Games. It's a roguelike. I've been playing through it for the past like three weeks, getting a bit further every time, getting a bit further every time. And then yesterday I got really far and I said to my nephew who also has been playing it, am I like, how far did I get then on that last go? And he said, oh, wait, I think you got to the last level. Like that's, uh, And I'm like, oh, wow. So I've actually almost cracked one of these games, said Tuck. 
Is that, am I, am I supposed to be excited? Well, these are one of those roguelike games that are extremely difficult and you have to kind of persevere, 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 persevere. But I've almost actually, of course, I say that, I've almost got to the end, but it could take me 30 more hours to actually get to the end, right? Because I have to keep doing it until I get there. Of course, yes. But what's Very great, important. <laughs> what's great about Hades is it's uh, one of those cool games where you can just pick it up. Like, I like a couple of runs every day. It's kind of relaxing in a way, and I always seem to make a little bit more progress. The other game I've been playing this week, which I'm not... Now, I'm saving this one, Sid Talk. You know that I've been playing a lot of the game called Lake this week. Mm-hmm. Now, Lake is a game that's coming out on September the 1st, and it's under, like, an NDA. I got a review copy earlier. I just want to be transparent on this Mm -hmm. i've played most of it this week but they don't want you to discuss the story so i thought instead of talking about it i will just say to you it comes out on wednesday you can get it on steam and xbox if you like games that i like if you've listened to this podcast before and you're like you know i've got kind of a weird taste in games you might like this game there's a demo on steam that you can pick up right now you don't have to pay a penny for it and it's the first couple of days you get to play two days of it now, if you like what you play in that demo, those two days, you'll probably like the entire game because it's kind of the same thing every day, right? That you're not supposed to talk about it. I don't even know why you're talking about but it. But next week, I will uh, review it in full. And I just want to like bring it on your radar that this week, there's a game coming out called Lake. It's a small indie game. It'll be on Steam. It'll be on Xbox. Have a look out for Give it. Give it a try. Give it a try. On September the 1st. Also, you can pick up the demo right now and just try it for free. And finally, we watched, uh, we finished watching season two of The Boys. And I want to say The Boys is fantastic. (laughs) What did you think? Yes, it's very fun and like, oh, holy shit, they did that. They really. Which I always appreciate. Yeah, they really go like Preacher, which we also just finished watching. And it's by the same author, Garth Ennis. It really doesn't have like a barrier. It messes with your head, too, like what you're supposed to think about heroes and bad guys and good guys. And, you know, there's no clear cut good person, bad person. Not really. When you really start picking apart what everyone has done. No. And we're very, you know, we watch Supergirl on the CW, (laughs) which is about sugary sweet. It's as far away from the boys as possible. Right. But they also have a similarity in a way. So it's we don't care what we watch. We just watch everything. (laughs) That's not that's not accurate. But the boys, I have to say, you know, if you're weak disposition, it's probably not for you. What does that mean? It's Weak very gory. Dis- right? Okay, has some gore. I thought you meant like just as a human. No. Nah. Just the, there's a lot of gore. There's mm-hmm. a lot of situations <laughs> that you might just go, what is happening? Yeah. There's a superhero with... And it, yeah, it could offend people. I'm, you know... There's a superhero with a giant penis. Very giant. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just, that's as far as I take that one. It's a crazy show. Yeah. I fe- get a feeling that that guy might come back. No, he killed him. Oh, spoilers from Sid Talk. Oh, sorry. I mean, he was nothing. He was just in some weird random scene, so. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if he was nothing. It it is a, like, oh, they went there. (laughs) Yeah. Like when you're watching Preacher and you're like, oh, what is happening? It is gross and not right, but hey, I'm still looking at it. They're not precious about your little feelings. No. (laughs) At all. So what's for dinner, Sid Talk? I believe we're going to have beans on the toast. Beans on the toast? Beans on the toast. Beans on the toast. Is that acceptable? That's good. I mean, is I'm that not f- asking your permission. I'm just saying. Is that French? Uh, beans on the toast. No, that's <laughs> British, actually. So you say it in a British accent. Beans on toast. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know what it is, it's a very simple recipe. You make some toast, you get some baked beans, 
You heat them up, you put them on the toast. Therefore, I know, it's a it's a real hard concept to understand. It's toast with beans, with beans on, on it. it. <laughs> and it's amazingly delicious. That's it. Just like Lucky Charms. <laughs> Are they amazingly delicious? Oh, fantastically delicious. Amazing. Fantastic. I Oh, now you've got me curious. What is that? I think it's fantastically delicious. Fantastically delicious. I don't know. All right. So what is your advice? And let's get out of it. Okay, this is not the kind of like life-changing advice, but it might be. Now, I am a person who loves creativity. I would rearrange the furniture in this house every week probably and rearrange stuff on the walls all the time. You're not that person, as I hey, stated don't blame before. Me. Well, I'm not blaming you. I'm saying it would discombobulate you every week. You would be like, uh, 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 uh. Why? Uh. You're not a person who loves a lot of constant change. This is the truth. You can, it's fine. Doesn't make you any less of a person. It just makes you not me who likes constant change. So my advice is going to sound a bit counter to that. I've been painting the deck this week, right? We have a deck. It's small. It's like 12 by 12 feet, right? With one set of stairs. No big deal. It was in pretty bad shape. And so I bought one can of paint, some brushes. I've been painting it. And thankfully I did this. But my advice is to always paint your deck the same color. <laughs> that it was before. It's so much better, right? Because, okay, also it's 100 degrees here every day now, right? It's been 100 yeah, degrees at stupid. least for over a week, every single day. So I'll go out, water all my plants, gardeny stuff, and then do a little bit of the deck. Before the sun, the radiation from the sun starts beating down on the deck, like as if it wants to murder me. You know, I'm not in a hurry, but I'm trying to get as much done as I can, and it's not perfect. And uh, so if it's the same color underneath, and there's little patches that are fine, because I also didn't scrape it. So all of you construction-y kind of people be like, ah, I didn't scrape it. Nah. Having it the same color paint each time means you don't have to do it perfect all of the subsequent times, right? You, If you miss, miss a little patch or whatever, and that's it. That's my advice. Paint your deck the same color every time. Sita, what if you don't have a deck? Build a deck and then paint it. <laughs> Pick a color that you're going to be willing to live with and then paint it the same color. All right. Thanks for that. Sure, 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 sure. All right, so aschoolie.com is where you can get this podcast or anchor.fm slash after the show. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're also on all the um, podcast platforms, including Spotify and iTunes. You can email feedback to me, aschoolie at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't like any of you. Mm, that's not accurate. And stay classy, Mr. Matthew of Damon. Very good performance, and I really liked it. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. Or someone's going to do it for you. <laughs>